0: to Jones and Wolf, a monthly audio fiction podcast featuring original music. This month, we present for your approval, The Trip, a story about two women, one time machine, and a mutual desire to do whatever it takes to get their relationship perfectly right, even if that means starting their romance from scratch, over, and over, and over. Enjoy It wasn't that Tatiana didn't appreciate everything Joyce did for her. On the contrary, the Tupperware lunches she made for Joyce to take to work, the little notes she left for her in her backpack, the way she would interject at restaurants to let the waiter know that it wasn't a fucking game, Chief. She really meant it when she said she couldn't have dairy. All that made Joyce feel cared for in a way that she hadn't felt since she was a child. This is it, Joyce remembered thinking six months into their relationship this is what it's supposed to feel like. Tatiana is the one. She believed it so strongly that for years the belief became something like a bedrock for her existence. No matter what was going on at the theater with its rumors of bankruptcy and foreclosure, or the months that would go by where she hadn't written a single word in her screenplay, or news alerts of terrorist attacks in churches and shootings in schools less than 100 miles away, she always had Joyce to come home to, Joyce to embrace, Joyce to curl into, a sanctuary from a world full of failure and violence and despair. It wasn't until they'd been dating for six years that something finally snapped. They were at their normal Sunday cafe, drinking lattes, when Joyce reached over and squeezed Tatiana's knee. You've got something on your mouth, she said, pointing out a bit of vegan donut glaze that was lingering on Tatiana's lower lip. Before she could brush it away, Joyce leaned across the table for a juicy kiss, licking the glaze off her lip. Don't worry, she said. I got it. Tatiana could have killed her. She wanted to scream, tear her hair out, overturn every table in the cafe and watch the dishes shatter on the floor. Six fucking years, Tatiana imagined screaming at her. You've used the exact same line for six fucking years. What are you, a robot? Will the CPU in your brain self-destruct? Will you cease to exist if you dare to act in any way novel when I have a crumb on my fucking face? Of course, this wasn't the first time that Tatiana had felt suddenly full of rage after one of Joyce's kind and romantic acts. There had been other instances. Moments when she'd tear up one of Joyce's notes without reading it, or throw entire Tupperware lunches in the garbage. Days when she couldn't bear any more optimism in the face of her inadequacies. You're so talented, Joyce would say. The way you write, it's so unique, and special, and beautiful. Except Tatiana knew the truth. That she wasn't brilliant, or perfect, or anything superlative that she was probably never going to finish her screenplay. That the small community theater she belonged to was never going to draw anyone to a show who wasn't a friend or family member of one of the actors. But that wasn't what made Tatiana furious, the positivity. What made her suddenly want to start ripping the cafe apart, table by table, was the realization that no matter what happened, if she wrote and directed the surprise hit indie darling of the year, or if she became a frazzled old community theater director, the kind that stopped using conditioner and wore mostly pastel-colored sweatshirts from ski lodges that had gone out of business years ago. The response from Joyce would be exactly the same, as if she had one default way of interacting with a significant other. And Tatiana, by virtue of sitting in the particular chair she was in at that moment in space and time, getting a bit of glaze stuck to her lower lip, was the recipient what Tatiana realized that day in the cafe was that it could have been anyone. The universe was random after all. How else could you explain these terrorist acts? These school shootings? Tatiana wasn't special. She was simply present. It could have been any adorable artistic failure with some shit on their face. Joyce would lean over and kiss it off, and then look at her the exact same way she was looking at Tatiana now, with something like maternal affection for a misfit middle child. Oh God, Tatiana thought. We're stuck reading lines from an invisible script. This is what happens to old people, and it's already happened to us, even though we're only 29. And so it was around this time that Tatiana, rather than have a full on panic attack in the cafe, slowly started to take solace in an idea, an idea which very quickly became a conviction. Later that night, she lay awake and stared at Joyce while she slept, the dull orange from the streetlights outside their bedroom illuminating her open eyes. The only way for us to save our relationship, she thought, unblinking and nodding slowly to herself, is to travel back in time. It wasn't that Tatiana didn't appreciate everything Joyce did for her. On the contrary, the pastries she made for Joyce to share at the theater, the loving texts she sent to her throughout the day, the way she would interject at restaurants to let the waiter know that it wasn't a fucking game, chief. She really meant it when she said she couldn't have dairy. All that made Joyce feel cared for in a way that she hadn't felt since she was a child. Everything is good now. Joyce remembered thinking six months after she traveled back in time to restart everything and finally get it right. It's so much better now. Tatiana is definitely the one. She believed it so strongly that for years, the belief became a bedrock for her existence. No matter what was going on at the theater with its paltry audience, or the months that would go by where she hadn't written a single word in her screenplay, or news alerts of extremist uprisings around the world, and shootings in nightclubs less than 100 miles away, she always had Joyce to come home to. Joyce to embrace. Joyce to snuggle into. A sanctuary from a world full of failure and violence and despair. It wasn't until seven years after she traveled back in time that something finally snapped. They were at their normal Sunday cafe, drinking lattes, when Joyce reached over and squeezed Tatiana's knee. I really think it would be good for you, she said with a reassuring smile. What would? What we were talking about last night. Going back to school. Getting your MFA. Before she could react, Joyce leaned across the table for a tender kiss. Lingering there with her forehead pressed against hers. Don't worry, she said. I know you can do this if you put your mind to it. You're so fucking talented. I believe in you. Tatiana could have killed her. She wanted to scream, tear her hair out, overturn every table in the cafe and watch the dishes shatter on the floor. You believe in me? Tatiana imagined screaming at her. What am I? A teenager from a broken home? A kid who just needs someone to take an interest in them? To show them that they care? Am I that pathetic and fragile in your mind? Of course. This wasn't the first time that Tatiana had felt suddenly full of rage after one of Joyce's acts of support. There had been other instances. Moments when she'd thrown away whole plates of Joyce's strawberry scones, or ignored texts for days. Days when she couldn't bear any more optimism in the face of her inadequacies. But that wasn't what made Tatiana furious. The encouragement. What made her suddenly want to start ripping the cafe apart, table by table, was the realization that no matter what happened, if she earned her doctorate and became a professor at an Ivy League school, or if she wound up floundering in the community theater scene for the next 20 years, the response from Joyce would be exactly the same, as if she were on autopilot, as if she had one default way of interacting with a significant other, and Tatiana, by virtue of sitting in the particular chair she was sitting in at that moment in space and time, wallowing in her inadequacies, was the recipient. But what Tatiana realized that day in the cafe was that it could have been anyone. The universe was random after all. How else could you explain these crypto-fascists? These nightclub shootings? Tatiana wasn't special. She was simply present. It could have been any adorable artistic failure with no direction in life and Joyce would lean over and kiss her, and then look at her the exact same way she was looking at Tatiana now, with something like maternal affection for a misfit middle child. Oh God, Tatiana thought. It's happening again. We're stuck reading lines from an invisible script. This is what happens to old people, and it's already happened to us, even though we're only 30. And so it was around this time that Tatiana, rather than have a full-on panic attack in the cafe, slowly started to take solace in an idea. An idea which very quickly became a conviction. Later that night, she lay awake and stared at Joyce while she slept, the dull orange from the streetlights outside their bedroom, illuminating her open eyes. The only way for us to save our relationship, she thought, unblinking and nodding slowly to herself, to see one another with fresh eyes to travel back in time again. It wasn't that Tatiana didn't appreciate everything Joyce did for her. On the contrary, the time she spent teaching their son how to throw a football, the little shoulder squeeze she always gave her when they were washing dishes together in the kitchen, the way she would interject at restaurants to let the waiter know that it wasn't a fucking game, Chief. She really meant it when she said she couldn't have dairy. All that made Joyce feel cared for in a way that she hadn't felt since she was a child. We really did it this time, Joyce remembered thinking six years after she traveled back in time. It's the real thing now once and for all. Tatiana is the one. She believed it so strongly that for years the belief remained as a bedrock for her existence. No matter what was going on at the theater, with all the silly arguments the company was having, or the months that would go by where she hadn't written a single word in her screenplay, or the news alerts about the incessant fires burning around the world, and shootings in shopping malls less than 100 miles away. She always had Joyce to come home to, Joyce to love, Joyce to lean on, a sanctuary from a world full of failure and violence and despair. It wasn't until 15 years after she traveled back in time that something finally snapped. They were at their normal Sunday cafe, drinking lattes, when Joyce reached over and squeezed Tatiana's knee. There's something I need to talk to you about, she said, trying her best to smile, but not quite able to hide the sadness that had soaked into the creases of her face, the fear that was there. Dr. Perlman called. My labs came in. The results, they're not good. Before she could react, Joyce leaned across the table for a long kiss, lingering there with her forehead pressed against hers. Her cheeks were already very wet. I'm so scared, she said through tears. The procedures he told me about, none of them are guaranteed, and this is the type of thing that can linger for a long time. If I get worse, there could come a time where I might not be able to get out of bed. Someone will have to feed me, clean me, change my diaper. Oh God, I just, I don't want to be a burden to you and Sam. Tatiana could have killed her. She wanted to scream, tear her hair out, overturn every table in the cafe and watch the dishes shatter on the floor. You be a burden to me? Tatiana imagined screaming at her could you ever be a burden to me you've been there for me through all my self-centered prolonged adolescent bullshit every fake crisis i've ever had the obsessive worrying about my artistic abilities whether or not the world would ever notice me the neurotic self-doubt that lingers to this day you loved me through all of it how dare you think you'd be a burden now that you need me to be there for you The love I have for you would never allow for me to think of you that way. Never. Of course, this wasn't the first time that Tatiana had felt suddenly full of rage after one of Joyce's self-effacing acts. There had been other instances. Moments when she'd criticized Joyce's parenting or brushed coldly past one of her nuzzles in the kitchen. Days when she couldn't bear any more optimism in the face of the world's suffering. But that wasn't what made Tatiana furious selflessness. What made her suddenly want to start ripping the café apart table by table was the realization that no matter what happened, if Joyce didn't get a bone marrow transplant and died slowly from the cancer ravaging her T-cells, or if she was able to beat the disease and come back stronger and more inspirational than ever, the response from Joyce would be exactly the same, as if she was the one who had done something wrong by getting sick in the first place like she had no problem showing love and compassion to other people during their dark moments, no matter their faults, but wouldn't extend the same generosity to herself. What Tatiana realized that day in the cafe was that it could have been anyone sitting there, witnessing this moment in Joyce's life. The universe was random after all. How else could you explain this delusion about science, these shopping mall shootings, But by then Tatiana had traveled through time twice and what her travels had taught her was that although it could have been anyone, any adorable artistic dreamer who Joyce, in better circumstances, might have leaned over and kissed and then looked at with burning desire, it wasn't anyone, it was her. And because of that, Tatiana was special, because she was there, because she was present. And so it was around that time that Tatiana rather than have a full-on panic attack in the cafe, slowly started to take solace in an idea, an idea which very quickly became a conviction. Later that night, she lay awake for a long time, holding Joyce and staring at her while she slept. And then she slowly crept down to the basement where she kept her time machine. As quietly as she could, she opened the padlock and crawled into the hidden space where the machine was. The only way for us to survive this, Tatiana thought, unblinking, and nodding slowly to herself while her hand hovered above the dial, is if I destroy this machine, and never travel back in time again. The trip was written and narrated by me, Anthony Jones music was done by joel wolf if you liked what you heard please rate the podcast or share us on social media a big thanks to all of you who sent us emails at jones at gmail.com last month we appreciate you so much for all the rest of you if you'd like to get in touch or think we should produce a sequel to one of our stories from season one please let us know until next time my ephemeral friends thanks for listening